Welcome to another episode of Social Justice Matters, the podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Suzanne Rogers and I am a research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. As many of you who listen in regularly will know at this point, we have three different types of podcasts. We have our interview series where we chat to experts on a range of policy areas. We've our 10 minute lesson series where we look to educate and inform listeners on particular areas of policy, giving a brief overview somewhere in between eight to 15 minutes, hitting on the key points that people really need to know. There's our seminar series, which provides opportunities to listen back to some of the most important presentations of past events. To mark Basic Income Week, we will be listening back to a presentation from Dr. Sean Healy, setting out the history of basic income in Ireland. We hope you enjoy it. What I want to do in the next few minutes is basically just recap um, the history of basic income in Ireland, if you like. And uh, it goes back to the uh, 1970s, actually. In the late 1970s, the National Economic and Social Council commissioned Brendan Dowling to report on how personal income tax and transfers might be integrated. And that report examined three broad options, one of which was basic income. Now, Dowling's paper led to very little debate about basic income. However, a wide-ranging debate on tax reform did follow it, and uh, that culminated in the establishment of a commission on taxation. And in its first of five reports, this commission on taxation rejected the concept of basic income, mostly on the grounds that it would cost too much. Now, subsequently, it emerged that the costings for basic income conducted by the, this commission were cursory, described in later years by a prominent participant in that commission as back-of-the-envelope calculations. They had done nothing of any substance, really. Um, now, a similar fate emerged uh, for basic income from the Commission on Social Welfare, uh, which reported in 1986. Uh, it, too, did no calculations of its own, but based its conclusions on the published position of the Commission on Taxation. So they said the Commission on Taxation said basic income can't be afforded, therefore we're taking that position as well. It also, that the Commission on Taxation all, or, or the Commission on Social Welfare also decided not to analyze basic income because it believed that focusing on basic income would represent a distraction from what it considered to be its priority objective, which was increasing social welfare rates to adequate levels. And I suppose looking back on that 35 years later now, uh, that the, the Commission on Social Welfare's decision to focus on adequacy of social welfare rates can be seen to have borne little fruit, given that social welfare rates never reached an adequate level and are far from adequate for, to this day. But anyway, that gets us through the work that was done in the 70s and 80s. In the 90s, two approaches to basic income were developed in Ireland during that, that, that decade. Now, the first approach, which uh, had work done by Patrick Honahan and, uh, by, and by Tim Callan and his a team in the ESRI, Honhan was separate. And they both preserved the key elements of the existing tax and spending systems. A second approach, which was developed originally by Sean Ward, and then uh, followed through by Bridget Reynolds and myself in Core Justice, and by uh, Charles Clark and Catherine Kavanagh and John Healy and others, we basically substituted a basic income for the existing tax and welfare system. So basically there were two approaches to how to, to looking at basic income in Ireland through the 90s. Now the, the models developed by Honahan and Callan were broadly similar. 
the way they saw it, that each adult of working age would receive an untaxed payment equivalent to that paid as, uh, as unemployment assistance. Older people would receive a slightly higher payment, children would receive smaller amounts. All social welfare payments would be discontinued. Existing discretionary tax reliefs would be retained and all government spending programs would also be retained. Now, both authors rejected this approach to basic income on the basis that it would be too costly. It would require a high tax rate of the order of 65% uh, on income tax and would be likely to act as a disincentive to taking up a paid job in their view. Uh, the other approach, as I said, originally developed by Sean Ward and uh, followed by the rest of us that followed it, as I mentioned a minute ago, we sought to achieve the main benefits of basic income while reducing the cost. So the target was basically to keep the tax rate below 50%. So a full basic income would be paid to the older people and children, and then uh, adults of working age would receive, in, in the original proposal was that they would receive a substantial partial basic income because we couldn't afford a full basic income. Now all discretionary tax reliefs would be abolished in this approach. A range of public expenditures would no longer be required. And this approach would provide more equity, both horizontal and negative, uh, vertical, and it would improve incentives to recruit labor and seek work, and it would provide greater simplicity and certainty. Now, Cori Justice adopted this approach and developed it, and, and developed it further, and they added a number of things, increasing the minimum income to the minimum rate recommended by the Commission on Social Welfare, restoring employers' PRSIs at a reduced rate of 8%, and introducing additional anti-poverty payments. Now, Cori Justice also commissioned a study uh, to set out implementation strategies, which could be put in place over a three-year period. Now, this was aimed at addressing the problem that was sometimes raised that even if Ireland could pay for a basic income, it would not be possible to move from the current situation to a full basic income system. So Professor Charles Clark and John Healy produced two studies in 1997, setting out a pathway that would lead to a full basic income system in Ireland. Now, in the build up to the general election in 1997, the Labour Party, which had been in government since 1992, included a commitment to producing a, a white paper on basic income in its election manifesto. However, following the election, they didn't form part of the new government. So Cori Justice lobbied the incoming government to include a green paper on basic income in its programme for government, which it did. So that gets us through the 90s, into the noughties, 2000s. At the start of the 2000s, it was clear that vastly differing estimates had been put forward regarding the personal uh, tax rate that would be required to fund the basic income system in Ireland. Estimates had ranged from 48%, which was Clark and Healy in their study, to 65% or more that Callan and company had. So uh, the Callan ana analysis had also cast doubt on the effectiveness of basic income in alleviating income poverty. So if the higher estimates of the tax rate were accurate, then basic income would not be viable. And if basic income would not address income poverty, then maybe there wasn't much point in dealing in, in developing it. Now the government green paper on basic income uh, published in 2002, attempted to address those issues. Uh, the required personal tax rate and the impact on income poverty. It also examined other impacts, including the impact of basic income on participation in paid employment. Um, they, Worked, the, the green paper uh, basically contains a full basic income model with the following characteristics. Basic income payments were paid unconditionally. Uh, 
and payment amounts were aligned with social welfare rates, which they replaced. All tax expenditures were abolished. All farm income supports remained. Direct in interest retention tax was set at 24%. That was the general uh, level at, of it at the time. And employee PRSI and levies were abolished, but a social responsibility tax uh, would replace employers PRSI. And it was set at 8%. And this money was used to provide top-up payments to certain low-income individuals um, who, whose, whose previous situation would not be covered by a full basic income. The Department of Finance estimate of the tax rate required to finance the proposal was 48% on personal income. So the green paper showed that a large majority of those living in poverty also uh, would benefit from the basic income. So two defin definitive results emerged. The earlier very high estimates of the personal tax rate required to finance basic income was no longer applicable and basic income would be effective in addressing income poverty. So then we move to the last uh, decade, uh, the 2010s, if you like. In, in this decade, Social Justice Ireland published a study entitled Building a Fairer Tax System, the Working Poor and the Cost of Refundable Tax Credits. And a refundable tax credit is one where if the income of an individual is insufficient to use up all of his or her tax credits, uh, the, the remaining credit is paid to the individual by means of a cash transfer. A refundable tax credit can be a mechanism for implementing a basic income. So the study found that some 113,000 low-income workers would benefit from the proposal and that the exchequer cost of the proposal would be 140 million per annum. Uh, Social Justice Ireland also presented a paper called Basic Income, Why and How in Difficult Times, Financing a Basic Income in Ireland to the International Congress of the Basic Income Earth Network in 2012. And the context for that paper was the economic crisis in the EU and the series of decisions which had been made that seriously damaged Ireland's most vulnerable people and placed a disproportionate burden on their shoulders and seriously damaged the social infrastructure on which they depended. Now, the study reported that despite generous tax reliefs, only half of the workforce was covered by a private pension scheme. In addition, there was a number of, like the basic benefits were all going to the, insofar as there were tax breaks, were going to those who were, higher tax payers. Um, only the highest earning 20% of pensioners, however, uh, did not rely on the state pension for most of their re in retirement money. So given the ineffectiveness of generous tax reliefs in promoting pension coverage and the modest role of private pensions in supporting pensioners' incomes, the report recommended that the marginal tax rate uh, of, of the rate of tax relief on private pension contributions should be reduced to the standard rate of 20%. And this measure would also apply to public service pension related deductions. And that will be a strongly progressive change as nearly 82% of the additional benefit flowing from tax reliefs went to the top 20% of earners. So uh, basically the, the idea was that you could pay for a, a basic income for everybody uh, over the age of 65 um, and, and that they, they, it would be fully funded from within the changes in the tax system that were recommended. One final point before I, I conclude, uh, to point out that over all of this period, two organizations have been to the fore in analyzing and advocating for basic income in Ireland. That's Social Justice Ireland and Basic Income Ireland. Social Justice Ireland has been the source of most of the analysis of basic income in Ireland over the past 20 plus years. 
and in its annual publications in its socioeconomic review, budget choices, the organization has consistently argued that basic income represents a better option than the current system. It co-hosted the International Bien Congress in Dublin in 2008, and basic income has featured prominently in several of its annual policy conferences. Uh, as well as Social Justice Ireland, Basic Income Ireland has been in existence since the early 90s. And in fact, Basic Income Ireland was the first national affiliate to, to Basic Income Earth Network. And it co-hosted with Social Justice Ireland the International BN Congress in Dublin in 2008. But from 2011, it has become much more active in hosting public meetings, writing papers and articles, leafleting and engaging with the media. It hosts an annual summer forum on basic income featuring Irish and international speakers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it useful. And if you have any ideas for future podcasts, please feel free to email us at secretary at socialjustice.ie with your suggestions. Until next time, stay safe.